Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marlson, and this is The Leader. Five, four, command engine start. Two, one. Jeff Bezos' new Shepard rocket has successfully blasted off into space, carrying the Amazon founder and three passengers. Woo! Oh, wow, wow, wow. He just turned to you. Holy kid, God. Oh, wow. His brother Mark was one of those who left the launch pad in West Texas. 18-year-old physics student Oliver Damon was another. And the last was 82-year-old Wally Funk. She is now the oldest person to have ever left Earth's atmosphere. Oh, look at this. It's dark up here. Oh, wow. 2,000 miles an hour. Everybody in? It's a lifelong dream for the Las Vegas-born pioneer whose gender barred her from becoming a NASA astronaut. So determined was she to prove that women can join space missions that she and 12 others formed the Mercury 13, a group of women who underwent the same psychological tests as NASA's male astronauts but never got to fly. Wally's friend Sue Nelson has written her story for the book Wally Funk and her race for space. She spoke to the Evening Standard's Mark Blunden. Wally Funk seems like a real character. How would you describe her aura? If you've ever had one of those sweets as a kid where you pop them in your mouth and they explode and fizzle your tongue and make you go, that's basically Wally in a nutshell. We open the hatch and you step outside. What's the first thing you say? I will say, honey, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) She sort of bursts into the room, flings her hands up, shouts, hi, I'm Wally. A really loud volume. Um, So she's impossible to ignore. (laughs) Um, She is larger than life. I mean, that phrase, although it's a cliched one, is is so apt for for her. She's a, a whirlwind. What still drives her and her space dream when she's achieved so much and could just be enjoying retirement with her feet up? Well, she's never given up since 1961 when she was 22, passed those tests and couldn't get into space because NASA didn't admit women to be astronauts at the time. This is not an ambition she ever gave up. She has spent her life trying to get into space. 
to, to right or wrong effectively. She has prepared for this her entire life. She's kept fit. She's done as many tests throughout those 40, intervening 40 years as she could. And of course, she tried over the years by buying space uh, tickets from spaceflight companies, some of which went bust. So she's had her ticket for well over 10 years. After all those thousands of hours flying, why is space still the final frontier for her? Well, Wally is incredibly determined and she doesn't like the word no. And if she puts her mind to something, then she'll do her utmost to to make it happen. So to have at the age of 22, when she was already punching above the relatively low expectations for what a woman could or couldn't do in that era. I can understand that as, you know, one of only three women who studied physics at university. I can totally relate to when you're trying to do something that is not at the time considered for your sex, in her case, flying and also being an astronaut. Yeah, who wouldn't be bloody-minded about that? And what did she tell you about how the cancellation of Mercury 13 affected her and her ambitions? She's always, she always uses the phrase, I threw it a fish. And I did, never really understood what that meant, but she just meant, well, I, basically I got on with my life. But actually, unlike the other 12 women who also passed, she didn't let it go. So she did get on with her life and she forged a very successful career and did a number of firsts within the aviation industry as a woman, became the first air crash investigator, female air crash investigator. She became the first um, safety inspector. So she didn't let it destroy her, that setback, destroy her or, or, or sort of, minim, you know, squash her confidence or, or anything. She just thought, well, OK, I'll carry on flying, but I'm going to do this. When did you last speak with Wally and what do you know about her final preparations for the launch? I spoke to her on the morning uh, when the and minutes after the announcement was made. Both of us were talking incredibly loudly because we were both so excited. Um, she was just saying, I can't wait. You know, I'm really excited. And she said, I've waited a lifetime, honey. She will have had to totally rethink her experience because as she'd expected to go at Virgin Galactic, that's much more like a pilot's experience because you're going up in a space plane, you take off and, you take off and land on a runway. She'd already chosen her seat, which was behind the pilot. You know, she knew exactly where she was going to be. So she will have had to have totally managed, rethought her expectations. And I... I mean, that will be very exciting to her because she hadn't expected to be going up on a rocket or in a capsule or parachuting down. And she loves new experiences. You know, she's done everything in terms of pilot's license, you name it, glider, helicopter, you name a pilot's license and she's got it. Wally's a real history maker today. It's amazing she's had her eyes on the prize for 60 years. Yeah, I know. It's... it's, it's um... I've spent a long time myself trying to publicise 
the Mercury 13 and her story through, well, since 1997 when I made my first radio doc about them. I've, I've written written about them as well. And, and the funny thing was I did, I, you know, I did try and make a few queries about selling a book about the Mercury 13 in 1997. And I got told by one uh, publisher that no one was interested in women's history. Yeah. So, and, and so, you know, even in 20 years, it's, it's the difference in terms of attitudes towards what women have done. And people are far more receptive now to learning and realizing that a lot of their history is only partial history. Uh, if you don't tell history from, if you only tell history from one point of view, then you're not getting the full story. And that's what this is about, really. It's about people realizing that uh, America's first steps towards the moon with Project Mercury was not an all-male affair. There were women there also willing to do it. And if that program, if those women had been allowed to take the natural progression, one of those women would have been the first woman on the moon. And today is the anniversary of the moon landings. It's the 52nd anniversary of the moon landings. So, you know, we could have been celebrating, in theory, Wally Funk having walked on the moon. You've got to get up there, sweetheart. Oh, my God. It was so great. There's more on the story at standard.co.uk and always follow our live blog to keep up to date with breaking news. That's the lead the podcast for today. We're back tomorrow at 4 p.m.